three months ago. I did a sound journey. It's a specific amount of shrimp and MD you take together. You have a blindfold on. It's live music that guides your trip. The industry is able to monetize off of violence and uh, death. I think it's creating a different energy out here with the younger generation now. Uh, just the message in the music is so dark and violent. How did you guys land the $10 million deal? <laughs> <laughs> Alleged. Alleged. Oh, oh, Alleged. Allegedly. Oh, oh. Trying Basically, to get robbed out here. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're poor. They're poor. <laughs> Welcome back to the juiciest show on the internet. Uh, we have two very special guests here today, Rory and Maul. They have their own podcast where they discuss pretty much anything, mainly music though, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different topics. Okay. Life, you know, our past experiences, things we're going through now, and right. then music. New York cultural icons, would you say? <laughs> No, but thank you for thank you for asking that. Yeah, have thank to you be for that. I appreciate. That's the first time I think we ever heard yeah. that. One, right? Just really? like no just one's ever said that to you before. New York no. cultural, not New York. Maybe podcast cultural. Okay. Yeah, like I've heard them say that about Frank Sinatra. I just yeah, feel like <laughs> I didn't think like us, Joe Namath or yeah, somebody like that. Like I don't, I don't know about Rory Mall and Derek Jeter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that anyone that's tapped in with culture and anything related to music, you, your name oh, yeah, comes up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You guys are part of that. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but, but anyways, we are going under the influence. Well, uh, they are. They're going to be tasting the seltzer and stuff. We're actually unable to drink for the week. Uh, we're doing like an ayahuasca retreat on the weekend, so we okay. have to like oh, wow. not nice. yeah. drink at all. I yeah. want to do that so bad. It's it's worth it to every soul. What I tell everybody is like when I went, I was like uh, the first time I went, it was when I looked around the room, I was the youngest person. I was like 28 at the time, and everyone else was like, 45 plus so i was yeah. like huh that's interesting mm -hmm. and the other thing too is there was tons of people there that had never touched a single drug in their life okay so it's like you don't people think like oh do i need to be experienced with psychedelics or anything yeah. like that it's like no you don't and this craziest thing was people came from all walks of life with the wildest trauma like mm -hmm. Deep sexual abuse, like violence, whatever yeah. it was, yeah. every single person walked away. Because yeah. in the beginning or at the end of every session, you talk about like what you went through. Every single person, even though they had a supposedly an intense experience, walked away with that they came for what they or they got what they came for. Yeah, every single dope. person. I, I did a maybe like three months ago. I did a sound journey, which is. I guess in the same realm as ayahuasca. You said a silent journey? Sound journey. Sound journey. So it's a specific amount of shrooms and MDMA you take together and you have a blindfold on and it's live music that guides your trip and like different emo emotions through music and different smells. Like Whoa. it's not a visual... It's it's in your brain as far as what your trip will be. They don't allow what you to take at. it off. They don't allow you no, to take yeah. the blindfold. I mean... If somebody wanted to, but yeah, it, it would lose the experience and what the purpose is. The purpose is the sounds and tones are supposed to guide you through your trip. So I've obviously taken that combo and just gone to like a music festival. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's your sound journey. So yeah. the, the first that time was a journey for sure. When, when my homegirl told me about it, I had, I said the same thing. I've like, I've been to Coachella and took shrooms. I don't like, it's, it's a intense amount. Like you are no longer on earth type of situation so, yeah it's, it's not a regular shrimp. It's like how much, you, a, how much do they bar. take so they make you take like an eighth and then how many mo um, how much molly do they let you take so it's it's two little molly pills that are supposed to be like boosters but it the shrooms are in actual pill form like in capsules uh, wow so it's like a powdery stuff mm -hmm. and i mean i took the whole pack which was 10 of them Damn. Yeah. like on your own accord or they're like you can <laughs> so they they suggested starting out with seven and uh -huh. then there's like a a quick break before you like Go, go, go there and they just want to see how you feel at seven and i 
felt fine. So I took the whole pack. Wait, can you ex- explain what that experience is like then? Because I've never done both yeah. Molly and psychedelics at the same time. And then beyond that, I've never done that as like a kind of like a productive reason. It, it was super, <laughs> super intense. Um, yeah. I mean, not to get super dark. What I took away from it was that I could deal with darker tones way more than I could with the lighter ones. Like mm. I felt really uncomfortable every time they switched to like happier and lighter tones tones like it was like oh i don't want to do this and then the darker shit i was like oh i'm home (laughs) so (laughs) so so did the music not have lyrics then it was instrumental uh, like yeah they were playing 21 savage (laughs) (laughs) yes brainwashing him into like being a thug it was the metro album the whole time (laughs) i really (laughs) really look at drake a different way now is it it live or someone's playing like tracks no it's all live Wow. It's all, and it's very intense and they walk around with instruments too and you know go wow. right to your ear there was one point when there was lyrics and that was sort of in the beginning mm-hmm. why um, did why did you want to do this what drove you to it um my homegirl who i kind of trust when it comes to like all things actually like mental health related said it really helped her because like you said with yeah. ayahuasca same experience it was so many people with completely different stories but all with traumatical experiences down to eating disorders to everything you name that was there so Figure why not? Let's try it. What about you? Why you weren't I, interested? I, I smoke weed. That's it. <laughs> so you've never uh, dabbled in psychedelics? Never. I want to do the ayahuasca though. Mm. I want to do it, but I've never, I've never done it. Have you like uh, researched ayahuasca at all? Yeah. So uh, we had did the uh, the first time I actually heard about it. We did the uh, the um, Mike Tyson podcast a few years ago, and he told us about it. The, the toad. Yeah. He told, the toad. He was like, bro, it's like you feel like you slept for 10,000 years and you mm-hmm. wake up and you just feel like it's like an ego kill and all of this and you feel like everybody that you see knows your, all your secrets. It's like, and I'm just sitting there like, I got to try this. Like, yeah. That just sounds like something. I, I've never done it, but I want to do it though. I think that if everybody in the world just did it once, we would be in a very wild place. We'd reach like a collective enlightenment or some shit like really? that. Really? You yeah. ever see those memes that it was like the w- society if uh, boomers could pronounce Chipotle correctly and it's like <laughs> utopia? Yeah. I genuinely feel that. I think if psychedelic therapy was real, like if, yeah. if it was more widely used, that uh, yeah. we'd probably live like that. By now, you've seen us drink this beautiful drink, and this is Nectar Hard Seltzer, the first Asian-inspired hard seltzer featuring delicious flavors like Asian pear, lychee, mandarin, and yuzu. Now, unlike all those big brands out there that have the disgusting aftertaste, we got rid of it. There is no weird aftertaste in this. We actually started Nectar two years ago out of my garage, and because of a viral TikTok, we took off. And because of supporters like you, we've now expanded Nectar into five states, California, Hawaii, Washington, New York, and New Jersey. If you'd like to get a box of Nectar, here are four easy options to choose from. Go to our website, NectarHardSeltzer.com, click on the store locator, and the store closest to you will pop right up. If we're not in any stores near you, next time you're in your favorite store, ask the manager to stock us. You'll be genuinely surprised how well that works. And if we're not in any stores near you yet, or we're not in your city, you can order us online. We ship to 45 states. And if we can't ship to you, send us a text. That tells us where we need to go next. Drink Nectar Hard Seltzer, unique Asian flavors, and no weird aftertaste. Now back to whatever the hell they're talking about. Do you guys think ego is bad? It can be. I think, I think, I think you need ego uh, to drive you through certain obstacles in life. You need to tap into a certain part of your ego that says, I can do this. Oh, I have what it takes to do this. I'm better than this. Um, but I think when you start pushing the ego onto like, you know, friends and family, it just gets a little weird. Like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, what I mean? or this girl. Like, it's it's hard to kind of like 
find the balance of how much ego is good. For yeah. example, like somebody like Mike Tyson probably had a giant ego, but I don't think he would have been who he was without an yeah, ego, ego that size. Yeah. But it also, at a certain point, it broke him. Absolutely. So we're, yeah, yeah. It, can, it, it can be an, an amazing weapon in a positive way, but like Mike, for example, needed that ego to go in the ring, but then he took that ego outside of the ring where it affected him negatively. Yeah. So in some places, yeah, your ego can affect you in a positive way, but that same exact ego can fuck everything Exactly. So you get to a place of feeling invincible, and that's when the ego is like, all right, you feel like you're unbreakable. Like, yeah. Like, I'm going to break you now. And that's what I'll say about psychedelics is like, uh, I totally agree with you guys, by the way. Like, ego, especially in like, if you're ambitious in your career, like, you can't. You can't get to those high levels unless you have ego. Like, Absolutely. what? How else would you want to be the shit unless yeah, you right. really believe you're the shit? Right. But then, uh, but then, like you said, it starts to leak into areas of your life where ego is just damaging. Yeah. And then psychedelics. If you take enough psychedelics and you have like an ego death, like that yeah. happens. It's like looking at you and your life without without your human ego and that shit is painful as hell but it's like you will never experience that you can't do that through therapy maybe like a little bit but like you're still looking at it through the lens of your ego it's like Mm -hmm. as if you ripped off like like a like glasses that you're wearing your whole life or something yeah Yeah. like therapy can give you understanding not quite change yeah Mm -hmm. change becomes up to you you they can just give you another perspective but that doesn't do anything if you don't put it into effect whereas i think psychedelics can make you realize things that a college course (laughs) <laughs> probably couldn't teach you because your brain is already so tapped into that stuff uh-huh. subconsciously yeah and even for yourself who's never touched it how i describe it to people was like ayahuasca felt like a year of therapy in one night mm. it was just like yeah it just felt like it was they took the training wheels i think that you could get to a place of change with therapy with somebody yeah. if, if you're self-reflective enough mm-hmm. but it's like our our minds are just ingrained with the way we live our environment habits over tens of years or whatever it is so it's like very difficult for ourselves to pull out of it and what better way to do that with something that's gonna kind of force you to it yeah but why do you think that we haven't got to a point where we use that like psychedelics for therapy that's so like one widely, of the more widely spread yeah i always forget the name because it's super long do you guys know who michael pollan is Mm-hmm. he's like a he's like a famous anthropologist he wrote this he's well known for writing about like the food system in america and he recently as like a 50 50 year old guy never touched a drug in his life it's called uh what's the book called uh jamie can you pull up the book please <laughs> <laughs> this guy don't do nothing <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding but um he basically wrote this book where he decided that oh, he was like it. how to change your mind what the new science of psychedelics teaches us about consciousness dying addiction depression and transcendence that's the title of the that's, book, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why i don't re- that's why i don't remember yeah, he wrote, never, he wrote every single possible yeah, thing yeah, like, that's the book like that. yeah <laughs> But remember how you had to look for books in the library? Imagine trying to find that shit. Yeah, that's crazy. index cards. He basically at 50 years old is like, I'm the same question. Why isn't this used? What What's the whole deal about this? And so he talks about the whole history of it and how the government basically saw it as a threat yeah. because it was just opening people's minds, right? The, the best way that the government can control people is if they're not thinking about certain things, right? Exactly. They just fall in line. Right. And then so there was all these kind of like the pol- politics got in the way of it becoming something helpful. But... MDMA, shrooms, all of that was used early on for different types of therapy. So now yeah. they're bringing it back and him at his his age. Like if you ever want to convince your parents to try it or at least become more aware of the history of it, that book is perfect. Okay. Yeah, so highly recommend that. that one. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, my dad does shrooms. Julian, so. I want to get that book. Wait, you said your dad does shrooms? Mm-hmm. Wow. How yeah. did he, like he's always been he, cool he, with it? He's not old enough to be a hippie, but he's a hippie. Yeah. Like he's, <laughs> he's been doing that, that shit forever. 
and he loves it. Like he microdoses on shrooms now. Wow, big weed smoker. Like yeah, my dad is is a drug guy, not yeah. in a bad way. Like yeah. he's he's really into the weed culture and into the shroom culture. And and so for for you, what was the first time where you kind of realized, oh, I'm going to use this in therapeutic effect versus partying? Um, I mean, I never really did because I only took shrooms to the level where they were fun. Like it, it wasn't, I never really had crazy realizations off them because I was only, you know, microdosing or taking some to just make the wall look cool. <laughs> and like, I, I yeah, never really like tapped into that part of my brain. And, you know, talking with people that really study that, that type of stuff and are really into that culture kind of changed my perspective on it rather than just some recreational shit. It could be healthy. Totally. I feel like, and I don't know why I have this impression, and I'm not from New York, I feel like LA has this whole kind of hippy-dippy, mm. earthy culture, and mm. New York, it's like, you, you go out there, no one's doing ayahuasca ceremonies, they're talking about microdosing. Is that, no. am I incorrect? Yeah, There's too much fucking noise in New York. Yeah. You can't Our microdose and then walk out on Madison Avenue, like, you start <laughs> a little, a little bit. Yeah. I, 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 I found that there is like a subculture of like urban hip. there is like a completely different, different version, where I know a lot of my friends who do a lot of they, it's the same thing but like different font essentially LA is like very much more stereotypical hippie yeah. like because it's the LA vibe like it fits right they're like bohemian yeah. and whatever yeah. in New York they're still New York they just like they're really into that yeah. kind of stuff and it's like the you same you can't take yeah. those, those drugs and then go get on the subway yeah, yeah. oh yeah that, <laughs> that shit is that, that is the ayahuasca that's tank probably, that's probably what they do that's why the subway system is so fucking crazy yeah. it's like a sitcom down Broad, there Broadway Junction on shrooms would be amazing oh my god <laughs> you know uh, one time one don't, of my most fun trips that. Yeah. one of my <laughs> most fun trips was uh when i took acid and i went to the moma with my oh, friends okay and that was the first time that art ever made sense to me where i was in there like <laughs> no i was like this is what it was missing the whole time i'm like i have, I have to, to be, be tripping yeah. yeah i have to be tripping but then it started getting weird like there because too many people and then there was like this one exhibit where it was just a completely white room and there was a tv like with four sides in the middle and I don't know what the point of the installation was, but it was it was definitely like race related, mm -hmm. and it was just people of every race that would come up on the TV and say like the most like heinous stereotype about themselves. Yeah. So I'm in this room and I'm just watching like what the fuck because they're just saying racist shit, but it was like kind of like a, I'm like a this. Okay, and I'm sure there was a is point this, to it, but are you I started referring getting... to Conway Kanye West right now. <laughs> is, this, is that who you're talking about? I no, think no, I've seen no, him. No, I don't yeah, think he was in the interview one. players in the, in the, in in the, the moment. moment. <laughs> But it was freaking me out because I was like, this is this is bad energy and I just had to get out of that room. But yeah. uh That yeah. does not sound like a fire trip. It was that part wasn't, yeah. but like the art and then they had a room where it was like if you go like a, you know those like optical illusion rooms where like mm, where yeah. you stand on one end and you look really big even yeah. though you're not the same. Yeah. Yeah, that, that part was cool. Oh, that on actually could yeah. sound like it might be crazy. Hell yeah, that was the fun as hell. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys have been pioneers in, I would say in the podcast space. Maybe for our audience, give the history. Like, when was the first time you guys were like, hey, let's get into podcasting or let, there's something here? Well, for me, I, I started podcasting like back in like probably 2014. I tried it for the first time. Um, it was me and a few people. And, you know, back then it wasn't podcasting, wasn't really what it, it wasn't anything, obviously, like honestly. But um, we used to shoot every Sunday and then like we did it for like two months. And then it's hard to get people to keep showing up every Sunday for something they're not getting paid for. Yeah. So then, like, I looked up one day, and it was like I was the only one willing to show up that day. And then the producer at the time, he was like, well, you know you can do this by yourself. And I just didn't see the point in it. And then uh, in 2016, uh, Rory and the other guy, they had a show. And I was in New York, and they asked me to be a guest on the show. 
And I showed up and we did it. We shot the first episode, shot the second one, and then everything started to take off after that. What was the angle, though, for the first one when you're like, hey, let me pick up a mic? You're like, what do I want to talk about? Well, it was, we, we just wanted to sit around and have, it wanted to be like a Sunday conversation thing. Hmm. Like, what do people, like, Sundays is a laid back type of day. You're probably in the house watching sports, eating, just chilling. And we wanted to kind of capture that energy and just put it on audio. So that's how that started. On um on Sundays, it started like just sitting down having a conversation with a bunch of friends. Uh, it was two two girls and three guys, and we would just talk about the most random shit. And um, but again, it's hard to get people to keep showing up for something and not getting paid for every Sunday. Like the other thing too is like back then, it's like we grew this podcast. That doesn't actually pick up on the mic. You're good. He's being so like gentle <laughs> with it. Just tear it out. <laughs> um, like we had TikTok. And the clips really helped us get visibility quickly and grow our audience. Like yeah. back then, where were you guys? It was just audio only, or you guys knew from the jump, like post this on you. Like how were you growing it? It it started out audio only. We would we made a SoundCloud account, got our RSS feed, and then that went to Apple Podcasts. And for the most part, that's where it started. And mm, visuals SoundCloud. Yes. Okay. Which even to this day, SoundCloud is one of the best ways to go wide with your podcast with the RSS feed that they they give to you really yeah soundcloud is they just keep dropping the ball on everything they found soundcloud rappers didn't do shit yeah they've been the best at podcasting <laughs> and obviously people are going elsewhere um but yeah it was it was audio only through through soundcloud wow mm -hmm. and then i mean for you so you started it with your friends just because you wanted to and then what what was your journey uh we started from the old pod that mo and i were on we started in i want to say february of 2015 and that again was just like shooting the shit. Like let's let's record some stuff. These conversations are great. More people would enjoy them. And at that point too, like UStream was kind of a, a thing. Yep. And you know people would just have conversations on UStream, and it was weird. Like all right, people really sit here and listen yeah. to us bullshit. Like mm. they are obsessed with it. So we thought there was actual value to it. And like Combat Jack, Juan Epstein, in like the hip hop space, were doing podcasts, but it was very much interview based, guest based history based mm -hmm. we were like let's just shoot the shit like I, we don't even really want to have guests like this is more of a of community yeah and that's that's how it started out and it's weird because podcasting just showed up on our phones one day like got an yeah. iphone and true the it's like the, the youtube album did. we didn't even know it was podcast <laughs> and youtube yeah. we didn't know what a podcast was uh we just saw this app on our phone one year and then now look what it's become you know what i mean uh, are you guys comfortable sharing who you guys were working with beforehand? I mean, it's not really important. Yeah. So, I mean, even like somebody like that, was that, uh, how did you guys get in the scene, right? Were you guys, like, what other jobs were you doing? You guys are obviously connected to the, the New York music scene. Yeah. Were you guys like in radio, anything like that before? Or? Uh, not really radio. Um, well, Rory worked at a few labels. He had um, like real label jobs. Uh, my family had a label, but I never wanted to work at the label. But we just kind of like moved around the industry in different uh, realms and, and did our own thing and but it's it 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 it, it created something that was dope because it, it was different perspectives from different parts of the industry from different cultures you know mm -hmm. what i mean it was like a white guy and two black guys you know what i mean mm -hmm. it was like one is an artist and you know one's family started like a major hip-hop label and here's the the white kid from queens that loves the culture and he works at the label so so he's a culture vulture. Yeah, he's a culture vulture. <laughs> so the dynamic was just like, the dynamic of conversation was just like from so many different angles. And yeah. it just made for a really, really dope show. And it was really interesting working in the music industry while we were starting the podcast because I was in the buildings watching these executives put their noses up at 
podcasts. Like, no, we still have to go to radio. We still have like, right. and streaming was changing. And they, you know, eventually realized that radio wasn't the best way. But for some reason, interviews and press runs, they still thought radio was the way. And I watched it. I was like, I have the data over here. Like, I know what's going, this is going to be a thing. And now labels are even investing in podcasting. It's so ridiculous how slow they are. I mean, they're getting slightly better, but they're always so slow to move on things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's to your guys' advantage. How did you guys land the $10 million deal? (laughs) Alleged. 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 Allegedly. We are trying to get us robbed out here. Yeah, yeah, they're they're poor. They're poor. (laughs) We just, um, we just were able to pivot and um, just create our own thing, and um, people believed in what we were doing, and they saw the uh, they saw what we were building, and they saw the audience that we were able to bring over, and they just decided to invest in it. Yeah, no, I mean that was awesome. And so it was like, how many how many years were you guys building up until that point, though? Just so people can really realize this wasn't an overnight thing. Five years. Yeah, a little over five years, six years, almost Jeez. six years. And then even when when the split happened, and, and Mo and I went on our own, we were independent for a while just to because we had to get all that data that would give us actual leverage and value yeah. to these companies so people yeah. wanted to see that we were still going to do our thing yeah, yeah it wasn't like what we were going to do split and then here's a deal like we, yeah. we had to keep the shit going and prove our value for the two of us yeah i mean that's amazing too to the point where you guys now are on tour mm. and talk about the tour like how did it come about how many cities you guys hitting um we hit what 11 11 cities, I believe. 11 yeah, or 12, than? something like that. Julian, count them up. I feel like it was 12. I feel like it was 12. I could be wrong. Um, Every day But it's is just the same. fun for us because we like to, our audience is very, uh, you know, it's like a family. Like we, it's, it's fun to go to these different cities and uh, meet meet people that invest, invest their time into us every, every week. Um, and people in the comment section, uh, people that DM us. Um, it's, it's fun to meet these people. And go to these different cities and just you know get a vibe of what they do in their day to day life and have these conversations. And um, podcasting is a very unique thing. The, the the audience of podcasting is usually a uh, a lot of creatives, uh, a lot of educated people that are doing really dope things in their perspective and their perspective lives and things like that. So meeting them on the road is fun. You mm-hmm. know, we go to different cities and we finally meet these guys and have these conversations and we do like the meet and greets before shows. And you meet some people that are always like nervous and, you know, they're shaking. And we're like, we're two regular yeah, guys. I promise regular. you, you don't have to be weird yeah. in front of us. Like, we break that uh, that awkward air immediately. Yeah. You're going to make you know, me like, shake looking at yeah. like Yeah, like, it's like, yo, I promise you, we're not celebrities. Like, two yeah. just regular guys from New York City. So it's, it's fun to get out on the road. And uh, the live shows are a little different because people don't know what to expect. They think we're going to sit down and just talk. And uh, we, it's, 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 it's a lot more than that. It's yeah, not just Yeah, how did you plan talking. the live show? Because obviously every, every podcast is trying to move into live. How did you guys come up with something? It's very different talking in a studio and then talking in front of oh, people. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah, we, we, um, we toured with the old podcast, which was at, you know more straightforward podcasting live, which I always found very odd to look yeah. a thousand people just looking at you talk. <laughs> um, so Ma and I definitely wanted to switch things up and make it much more interactive segments, like really make it a variety show mm. with comedy that is surrounded with our podcast and our community. It's our personalities, but like in a more, you know, present, presented yeah. way. Mm-hmm. It's in a, a more stage format. Way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so like this, this first go around, like what are you guys learning? Like do you guys already want, are you planning tour two or you're just like, let's just tour three technically. Yeah. Are, you, are you guys, well, what do you call this one? 
Second tour, first tour? Uh, I mean, for this specific pod, it's our first yeah, one. This is our first Yeah, we, we did New York and L.A. last year, but yeah. I wouldn't consider that a tour. That was just end of the year. We wanted to thank everyone and really kick it with them. So, yeah, yeah this was the first tour for us. And, and what have you guys kind of learned through it all? Um, you always have to be, well, we kind of already know that, but you always have to be prepared for things to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because things at the shows go wrong. I don't know why. It's not like we have this crazy production setup. Oh, yeah, I think and we have pyro, pyro and shit. Like we don't. It's like yo, just we just want the projector to work. Yeah. That's it. And it's been like it's been fucking. It's been hell trying to get it to work in certain cities. But we able to pivot and still uh, put up put, put forward a great show, and the audience loves it because even those difficulties, they they laugh through it with us because they know our personalities and we're like, all right, this shit is broke. Yeah, fuck it, we're still gonna kick it like. So they get us. Like the, our, our audience, they, they understand us and they get us. Yeah. I think the first thing I learned is I'm not in my 20s anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tour, and tour is, diff- tour is different. I love sleep. Tour <laughs> hits different in your 30s. You, you were trying Absolutely. to party? I mean, I, I toured in my 20s and uh-huh. I went into my A whole 30s. A different type of tour. Yeah, think, yeah. Thinking I could tour the same way. And yeah. now it's like, nah, all right. I'm going to go Hotel. Yeah. I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. But um, I think as far as the actual show, which I think has kind of been proven with these is to make the crowd as much as much part of the show if that's the best way mm. to word that as possible because they look at our pod like it's their day-to-day shit it's like their friends hanging out and talking yep. so the live show kind of has to reflect that and it does have to feel the same way they feel when they listen to the pod like oh these are my friends mm-hmm. type of thing so it's cool and and people show up by themselves and like meet other people become friends it's like a it's a community yeah, yeah that's cool it's a community uh, when did you guys? Oh, do you have a question? Yeah, I was gonna ask. What was your favorite city that you visited on tour? Uh, probably London. Just London. it was my first time I'd ever been to London, mm-hmm. so that was London. really cool. Oh, and so it turned out worldwide. Well, sort of. <laughs> London, London, <laughs> London to America. Yeah, yeah. London to America. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot global. more world. Yeah, yeah. Global. Yeah. for sure, for sure. The UK, Transatlantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was London. Was a uh, because it, you know, whenever you go overseas and you have people there waiting to see you. And then you finally get in the theater, and it's like seven hundred people sitting there. It's like you guys are doing seven hundred people. You got yeah, we did eight hundred in, in London. I think. Oh, that's nine. crazy. Right, all so you got that's theaters. That's, you guys yeah, are doing yeah. theaters. No, it was like a legit like. It was a very humbling thing to just see people from a whole different country that subscribe to you and that love you and are willing to come out and see you. Like that was the craziest shit ever for me. Yeah, like I was never expecting podcasting to do that. Yeah, and and even though it is the same language, it's still a different culture. So to see another culture so into our podcast and mm. understand everything we're saying and inside jokes and humor, it's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like London is like New York at all? Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's For a cle- sure. cleaner New York. It's a cleaner. It's cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, everywhere's cleaner than oh, yeah. New York. Absolutely right. Yeah, Except LA, I feel like LA might take the crown for being dirtier. What are you talking about? I don't about? think so. Oh, Everybody's crammed together. Well, There's not a where. clean it's not, it's not as packed, but like, yeah, it depends where. If you go to downtown LA, because New York's, even if it's dirty in New York, I feel like it's still cool. But then whereas here, it just feels dirty. You know what yeah. I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. But I, I still feel like like New York is just, because we have so many restaurants right next to each other, and at the end of the day, they have to take their garbage out, and they put it on the sidewalk, and yep. wait for the garbage truck to come pick it up. It's just a lot of fucking garbage in New yep. York. It was like if you go to K Town where there's like a 400 restaurants in that one block, yeah. that yeah. shit smells like ass 24 7, bro. <laughs> kimchi, old kimchi. And it's like the fermented foods and meat, and mm. it's just like yeah, rotting. Yeah, yeah. Sea health rating. Chinatown in New York smells. It's summertime. Oh my God. That garbage on the sidewalk. 
It's just cooking. It's so disgusting. It's cooking. You ever feel, I, I felt like London, I feel like they would love the podcast because I feel like people romanticize like New York culture a lot outside of yeah. America. Oh, yeah. So you sure. feel like that's why like they're that's really. That's why hip hop acts are able to, you know, have sustainability for years overseas because they just mm. love American culture, yeah. uh, particularly hip hop, and they support it forever. So mm-hmm. you can be a rapper in your 60s and go on tour in Europe and sell out every venue. Really? Yeah, I didn't absolutely. know that. It's kind of oh, yeah. like country. You have one banging country album, you can tour stadiums you're, for you're the rest fine. of your life. Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. I know that. Country just country. has built-in fans. But before we move on from the career stuff, um, when did you guys realize your worth? Like, When did you guys realize, like, yo, we got a huge audience, like we're doing this thing? Um, I think we realized pretty early on. Yeah. That was early. That was um, that was part of the reason why when we, uh, we had to pivot and uh, do our own thing. Rory and I had a lot of conversations, and we never once doubted, you know, being able to do this and uh, continue on. It was more so, what did we want it to look like? What did we want it to sound like? What did we want it to uh, come across as? But um, we knew that we had a built-in audience and people that really genuinely bought into our personalities and our character. So it was all about, you know, just putting it forward and and showing people that no, we're gonna, we're not stopping. We, we just is actually just the start of something new. And um, we're going to put it together for y'all and present it to y'all in a, in a different and unique way. What do you think was like the signal where you were like, uh, people really fuck with us? Like just the amount of, like when you were getting like, for us, I mean, if we're getting, we're getting 30,000 views a week now on yeah. some of our episodes on yeah, YouTube. Amazing, I'm like, yeah, thank you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's crazy. We yeah. did that in a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's 30,000 people that tune in every single week. That's right. why, like imagine, like that's a stadium of people that yeah. just... Tune in. So yeah. that to me, I'm like, okay, we're on to something. It's Whoa. that. It's the it's the YouTube. It's um. It's also just uh, anytime we put something out, social media, mm. um, going to London and having all those people coming into a theater, uh, ha- ha- selling out dates on the tour. It's like, oh, okay, like wow. they really. This is because we're not reading scripts. We're not actors. This is literally who we are, and people are buying into us. So yeah, it's a it's a humbling experience for sure. I think selling tickets in a a time when selling tickets is very fucking difficult. Like yeah. when we did this this show and it's been selling great, I was like, oh, people really fuck with us because yeah. everyone is having trouble, no matter who you are. It's not. It's just the climate like, right real, now. Huge Facts. artists are having problems selling tickets to, for shows right now. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what I was impressed by. It's like the rooms that you guys are selling out is like year three for some artists. Yeah, like yeah, that's wild. Sure. Like big artists too. It's it's fun, but it's it's very humbling, man. Like yeah. I, you know, just hearing people come up to you and give you their stories about how you helped them through their week, day to day, and things like that. I'm like, me and Rory sometime in the studio, our week is going crazy. Like, how are we helping you? Like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. So, it's a dope experience though, man. It's, it's really dope to hear people's testimonies and just have them come out and just like show love. It's, yeah. it's been funny at the venues to, to bring up like, you know, artists sell these places out yeah so a lot of the staff usually like will be the first podcast that has ever done their theater or venue and they're like i didn't know what to expect with this you guys were just going to talk like yeah. it's very confusing <laughs> pretty much every venue we go to they're yeah. just very like all right you guys is anyone going to sing like what what, <laughs> what happens here so it's it's fun talking with the staff and then seeing them after the show mm. like oh wow i was really entertained, entertained. yeah it was real yeah. entertainment like yeah. i've never yeah. seen that before never yeah. Yeah. on that part about what you said about uh so we we get a similar kind of like inquiries now where people are like oh you guys really helped me through my week and we we had this little situation where we were like to the audience like we're, we come and we put on a show you know mm-hmm. what i mean like we don't always let our outside lives or personalities affect things because like yeah. we're trying to we're trying to make it as entertaining as possible do you feel like when you guys are let's say having a bad week that you kind of like express that on the pod or are you like nah we're gonna put on the show it's the same 
as no, always. No, we we talk about pretty yeah. much any any and everything. Like, wow. it, it, it definitely honest. affects the show. Yeah, and I mean. Sometimes we'll hide it if it's not crazy stuff, but sometimes things are so heavy and we have to record twice a week that it's like the show's gonna be terrible if I'm just not honest about what's going on right now. Yeah. Because then I'm gonna have to fake pretend like everything's cool and it's gonna come across insane. But they love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like because it's real and they they're they're sometimes they're having a shitty week. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So people just I think they with the podcasting thing, people just want honesty. They just want don't overproduce it. Don't, you know, because people can, they can sense when you're just putting on and you're mm -hmm. kind of just, you know, acting and performing. But the more honest you are, the more raw you are on the podcast and platform, I think that pulls the audience in more because, again, these are people that are typically going through the same things that we're going through, just on, on their scale in their lives. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So just, they, they respect the tough weeks and when we're going through things. They, they And they can feel it. They understand it. It's kind of true because they do notice when yeah. they, they, they come they up with all kinds they of notice theories. Every, that's the one thing I didn't like. I, I agree with y'all, and that was get, really good advice. So get thank used you. to it. Get but it's used like, to the theories, bro, man. It's like, yeah, it's, they'll come up with the wildest yeah. fucking fan theory of why somebody's upset. And I'm like, bruh. Yeah. It's like, 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 they, like our, uh, our co-host was like, like upset nah, one day, and they come to the conclusion that we like abuse him. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck are y'all talking well, about? Well, we actually abuse our staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we beat the shit out of our staff. Like, we're going to jump Julie as soon as yeah. we leave yeah. on camera and off. That's why he's sitting crazy. Yeah. He's got hiding in the corner. Yeah. Every, yeah. every time y'all are on the show is when he's left alone. He's like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so how nervous he was to open that bag? He's yeah. terrified. That's why I'm don't make, it better not make no noise. <laughs> not even for the podcast. I just don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. He's going to need ayahuasca for the trauma that we put him through. Right. The tears, man. Wipe your tears. It's all good. But got that, you. all that theory stuff in, in the fans digging into every little thing it can start out to be annoying but it is a blessing that doesn't mean they care like once it. once that stops that's the problem yeah mm, wow he changed my perspective yeah, yeah that embrace, it. Yeah. embrace it that yeah. shit and go with it yeah go with some of the theories we are gonna it. now start abusing our co-hosts yeah. you heard it here first blame them um you know Asians are suddenly cool in the last like 10 years and you're seeing the effect in music. We have also some of the most diehard fan bases and also we're becoming global like BTS is like a household name. Yeah. Yeah. From your guys' perspective, especially being hip hop connoisseurs, why hasn't there been a mainstream breakout Asian artist? I don't know. That is a good question. Ma mainly in hip hop. Like, and I mean, like and I mean, and I mean like Lil Uzi, Jack Harlow level. Like, there's some Asian artists that kind of pop off, but I'm saying like mainstream. Why hasn't it gotten to that level? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just curious what your guys' opinions might be. I don't know, man. That's an interesting thing. Um, I mean, you, we've had a few with uh, with Jin, mm -hmm. um, but I think you know China Mac too. We just did an episode with him. My God, China Mac. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know why we've. That's the interesting thing. I don't, I don't know why there hasn't been any huge breakthrough Asian uh, hip hop acts. I really don't know why. My my personal opinion is just uh, it's like a numbers game where like if like literally human beings wise in America like Asians are the smallest population of minorities. Mm -hmm. So that amongst that to be a rapper, you you need somebody that grows up mm -hmm. in an environment where they're influenced by all that. So it's like an even smaller percentage. I feel like it's just like, and then yeah, you gotta have you know, like a I smaller think pool. You gotta have all the other appeals too. You gotta actually be nice. Yeah, exactly. You gotta be talented for one, yeah. musically talented, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then also like I feel like rap is so much based on like your like your 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 personality and your character as well as your your musical talent. So and like, it's the you know well the culture of hip hop. Yeah, growing up in New York, there, there's a there's a large Asian hip hop culture mm -hmm. in New York, like you know in the streets and 
in Manhattan, especially like LES and all of that. It's, but I don't know why there haven't been any huge breakthrough hip hop Asian acts. I, I really don't. That's a, a, a really great question. Yeah. And it's busy going to fucking med school and shit. <laughs> yeah, it, it could rap. be that. It could be the family. The family not supporting. Yeah, be a doctor. They're like, oh yeah, you're gonna rap. No, what you're gonna do is you're gonna go to school on a yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which, that, again, it's a, that's also a big factor, I think. Like SAT prep school. Like I'm yeah, not time to write bars. I gotta yeah. be in SAT school. <laughs> Yeah, but that's actually probably a better thing, though. He's like, I gotta pass the bar. <laughs> it's definitely better. Not for, write them. It's definitely better for the yeah. general public. I agree, but I feel there's always I, there's probably like we probably missed out on the Asian Jack Harlow because he was too busy, you know, going to <laughs> SAT prep school and yeah. shit. The Asian Jack Harlow is just hilarious to say. <laughs> um, like out of all the people, yeah. like the, the, it was the, just because he was just like hot as fuck for like a year, so like yeah. just broke out crazy. But yeah. 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 Well, let me ask you this then: as a white hip hop fan, mm-hmm. I've tended to hate white rappers. Really? I don't know why. And I talk to other white hip hop fans and for some reason like we do kind of have to admit we probably hate them because they're white. What about what about what <laughs> so about is Eminem? that another uh, Eminem in his prime. When I liked when I was younger I liked him. Okay. But that I kind of grew out. I totally respect his artistry. He's yeah. a legend incredible. But when I got older it just wasn't my type of content per se. But up until like the Mac Millers we hated white rappers. Like, really? And M was a different, like he was a, you know, in his own transcended category. rap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anytime there was there would be a white rapper, we would make fun of him. Like it was never, <laughs> it was never really liked. Wait, um, wait. Uh, so can you name us some white rappers that like you did, you were not enjoying their music? Hmm. Who was before like the Mac, Mac Miller wave? Sammy Adams. Sammy yeah. Adams? Like that college rap shit? That's typically what, what it was. Is, yeah. And like, like okay. even Asher Roth. Asher Roth. But see, here's the thing with Cody Asher. Allen. With Asher, they marketed him as this college guy, which he uh-huh. wasn't. Like I love Asher Roth now because I know his actual talent. But when he mm. came out, I fucking hated that song. Yeah. I, hated, I, love I hated his outfit. I hated yeah. his face. <laughs> and now Asher is is one of my favorites. Like I really fuck with Asher. Wow. Was Macklemore before Mac Miller? Around the same time. Around but the same but time. we all a hate. Rapper. Hmm? He's not a rapper. Macklemore is not a rapper. Macklemore. Didn't he win? He won like the rap album of the year. Yeah, he did. He did win rap album. Or Kendrick Lamar. Well deserved. They got it right. His favorite rapper. They got it right. (laughs) Finally, the Grammys got it right. Grammys got it right with that one. His favorite rapper is Iggy Azalea. Yeah, number one. I mean, I guess. <laughs> he, said, he, said, he said, yeah, number one. I, I, I'm getting an Iggy Azalea no, I tattoo it. I, I know next why week. you like it. I get it. I just, yeah, yeah. It ain't for any music, yeah, by no, the way. No. I could have named you one song, but <laughs> they're about to walk off the set. No, I get it. I understand. No, she's got classics. Definitely what about, classics. What about Esoteric? Do you like him? I didn't listen to enough. But it sounds like you yeah, like Yellow Wolf. Yellow didn't Wolf. like. No, I never liked Yellow Wolf. Well, um, but uh, it sounds like you do like Mac Miller, though. Yeah, I love Mac. Bubba Sparks? Mac, no. He... He had a few joints that I liked. He had a few records. Ah, uh, Bubba Sparks. Sparks. Was it the Slags was fire? Yeah. It probably was. And I think some of it was self-hating. Yeah. Like when when Mac Miller first came out, I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Then once I listened to his music, I was like, oh, this kid is incredible and not just that first kid's record that he put out. Like he's yeah. really, truly a musician and yeah. sad that he passed because I think he wasn't even close he was to his amazing, peak of, amazing of what he would have been amazing as talent. an artist. But totally agree. Mac, I think Mac changed it for like the middle tier rappers as far as white rappers because if you weren't mm. eminem which was the fucking biggest one ever mm. you were nothing mm. or you were made fun of mm. like that led into action bronson being cool to like yeah <laughs> a lot of times it was not cool to like white rappers mm. what, what about uh what do you think of machine gun kelly um 
I think that he actually he won that battle with Eminem. I think his record was better. I really, agree, I agree with you. Yeah, he he has joints Flawed. I like, and I think he's a very talented artist. But his it's not my my cup of tea. Mm. Like his, the, the rap rocker type it, shit isn't. His really personality is kind of annoying to me. Yeah, that's the thing is I know very <laughs> like, little like about his music. It's his personality. <laughs> I just thought, I don't fuck with that guy. <laughs> and here I was about to say like, and he seems like a good guy. That's why. That's, that's why. Like, like, oh, no, his personality no, is cool. No, trust me, his personality is shit, bro. No, I had never no, met no, him. No, but he seems trash. like the nicest guy ever. <laughs> no, 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 no. I well, I mean, he just does kind of like cheesy things to me on like TikTok. Like, yeah. but but I would say I don't I, I don't have anything against him. I think. If his music's not a cup of tea, he's a brilliant businessman, and he's like fought through every single wave of hate that people have thrown at him. Now, don't and try to save yourself. Now we're clipping that. Just the personality oh, part. Man. <laughs> yeah, you said Keep fuck it. MGK. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I heard. <laughs> that's verbatim what you said. But uh, shit. Um, so rap right now is in like you know kind of like a weird spot. I feel like, especially with all these like recent deaths, like Takeoff and all that. Do you feel like it's getting worse before it'll get better, or do you feel like we're seeing the end of that right now? Uh, no, nah, I think it's going to get worse. Really? Why yeah, is that? Unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> well, it's just a, it's just a, uh, you know, it's weird right now because you, the 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 industry is able to monetize off of violence and uh, death. Uh, so it's, I think it's creating a different energy out here with the younger generation now. Uh, just the message in the music is so dark and violent. Um, and I always talk about how, you know, growing up, I remember when uh, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style came out, that was like the worst album. And the parents didn't want us listening. And if you listen to that album now, it's like, this isn't bad at all. It's children friendly. Yeah, this is like, this is nursery rhymes compared to what, you know, the younger guys are saying today. And being able to upload these videos to YouTube and these guys can make, you know, thousands of dollars from their backyard just beefing with each other from the same neighborhood and mm. talking crazy in their rhymes and actually now you have to do what you're rapping about like that's the thing now like before you could rap about it nobody expected you to really go out here and commit crimes and do it now they rap about it they do it then they come back and rap about it again and say yeah we just did that and it's like here's the video we're yeah, putting it ourselves yeah like we were just, we, we know we just came from doing it like yeah. these are the guns we just used and it's like i don't understand so i feel like it's gonna get a lot worse before it gets better i think that we have to change the way uh you know just just what we support mm. unfortunately like i love the fact that the younger generation has found a way to uh make money and you know kind of make a living for themselves but at what cost you know what i mean like i don't want it's it's just got to a point where it's just way too violent the energy is way too dark and uh you know words have power yeah so you know you sitting there you you speaking about death death murder murder shoot 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 and you know every video you look at Three of your homeboys that was just in this video last month are now dead. You know, it's like, all right, what are we doing? Like, this is it's it's it's, it's gotten to a, a weird, weird, dark place, and um, I feel like it's gonna get worse because unfortunately, I don't see it ending. You can't tell, you know, until unless YouTube says, okay, we're not pushing this type of message anymore. Mm -hmm. So you got to change what you're talking about. I don't see YouTube doing that anytime soon. Yeah. So unfortunately, um, the DSPs won't be doing that anytime soon either. So, yeah. and would that and be weird where the DSPs are suddenly like creating responsibility? It's almost like censorship, right? Like they're well, determining they tried what it with music. NWA. They tried it with you know Snoop. They yeah. tried it. You know, I mean. So I think, but I think now more than ever, um, because it's just it's very violent now. The music is so. I mean, before this, the beat even comes in, three people died on the verse. It's like. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, all right. And this it, and it actually you, happened. They yeah, were they like were real people. Thing. It's a real thing. It's like, I was looking at some um, 
you know, some early Chief Keef videos. Mm. And I was just like, yo, it's like so many people from his first video, so, much, so many of his friends are no longer here. And it's like, you know, yes, uh, Chief Keef is a cultural icon, created a whole wave in uh, his city. And he's, a, you know, one of the most influential artists of his, of his time, his generation. But at what cost? You know what I mean? And that's the thing for me. Like, like, what are we trading it for? Like, what are we trading that cultural iconic status for? It almost feels like uh, like the argument that violent video games create violent kids, I feel like is completely fake. But for some reason, violent music seems to actually create violence. Absolutely. So it seems. Because and words have power. Words have, you know, it's, a, it's when you're in a club and you, you chanting these words all night, mm-hmm. it's that energy. Yeah. You've all been in a club and certain songs come on and it's like the energy in the whole room just changes. And you can almost look at it. When it's a certain part of the night where, you know, a, a record comes on, guaranteed right after that a fight is breaking out. Yep. Yep. Something is happening, the bottle's getting thrown. It's it's just some it's just, you know, it's the it's the energy. And I feel like that's where we are right now with hip hop. And um, you know, on one hand, like I said, I love the fact that the younger kids have created this this avenue for themselves to, you know, express their emotions, uh, because that's all Snoop was doing, that's all Dr. Dre was doing, that's all NWA was doing. But it was more about the oppression of the government mm-hmm. and the police and things like that. Now it's like, nah, we don't like these dudes. But y- y'all live three blocks from each other. Like, yeah. y'all yeah. have to see each other. Y'all go to the same schools. You go to the same barbershops, the same, you know, mall. So it's just like, I don't know. It's just got to a point where it's very, very uh, dangerous. The music is very dangerous. And again, they're, they're actually living what they're rapping about. And I'm, Before, it was just like the art of storytelling. Uh-huh. I'm not doing this, but I'm going to write the story and say I did it. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, you ain't kill nobody. You gotta go put in some put in some work, yeah. and then come back in the booth and it's like, what? Go like that's vi- viral with violence first. Yeah, it's it's insane. So it's unfortunate, you know what I mean? And like I said, until we start uh, the DSP start censoring things and and not pushing certain things in the algorithm and all and all of that, you know how they play those games. I don't see it getting any better. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you brought up that tone and everything after the sound journey. That's another thing that. I think opened my brain much more of how much tones affect your actual mood. Mm-hmm. Like, of course we know if we hear something we can get happy or whatever, but to the degree when I was on that journey of how much one tiny thing can really affect your brain and how it feels is insane. So like I was never one of those people that was just like, I say YouTube conspiracy where the, the right. devil is using these tones purposely. Yeah. I think there's some truth to it. There's a lot of truth to it. There's a lot of subconscious of shit that, our brain doesn't let us know, but it's still being affected, especially by noise. So, yeah, I, that I makes fully sense. believe. Like you're having a bad day. Your boss says something mean to you. You put on your headphones. You're listening to some violent song. Mm-hmm. Like walking home. Like, do you guys know? Like, uh, so like, do you guys? Like, it sounds like we've gone through some similar rabbit holes. Uh, like the music vibrational. Like, you you know about all those like kind of mm-hmm. theories. Yeah. Or, yeah. Not even theories. It's like science at this what, point. What's yeah. the music vibrational theory? So I don't it's know. Not, it's not. I'm butchering what what it's called. But anyway, so like. Every person, right? Everything, every all matter is atoms that vibrate, right? So everything has a vibration. You are vibrating. We just cannot feel it because you're vibrating at a certain frequency. Mm -hmm. Music is one of those things that it's literally a frequency, right? So when you're putting music into your brain, like directly injecting it into your brain, there are certain vibrational frequencies that uh, operate at like the lowest like chakra level, basically. So Mm -hmm. like 808s, I'm pretty sure, you know, as crazy as Kanye is, he was recently talking about this and X talked about it too a lot. 
where it's like the number one music they use in violent and sex music is 808s, which is the lowest vibration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like brainwashing you into putting you into a lower vibrational state so that you're more receptive of low vibrational acts, mm -hmm. like being sexually immoral or uh, killing people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like, it's like it almost—it seems very purposeful the yeah. way they're doing they it. They sound so like, good though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're so nice. and that's the dangerous yeah. part of it. That's yeah. exactly why. Yeah. No sounds amazing. To that yeah. shit I love this fire. shit. <laughs> I, I even went down the rabbit hole of of language uh -huh. and specifically the English language and spelling spells. It's vowels. Yes. The words that we use are for specific reasons mm -hmm. on when they created this this language, and it goes into like some really dark conspiracy shit. But yes. Mm -hmm. Overall, spelling, it's a spell. It's a way to put someone Whoa. under a spell. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have to have all the vowels in every... Like, there's, I don't want to fuck up the explanation. I want you guys to go down your own bullshit mm -hmm. uh, YouTube rabbit hole with conspiracies. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's so much to just language and why we use the words we use and what they do to our brain. 100%. I mean, that makes sense too. Yeah. There's people that are just master salesmen, which is almost like a way of manipulation, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So... And exactly. I, I mean, I've even tried it. There's a, the number one, um, have you guys heard of that guy? He had a famous book. What's his name? He was a hostage negotiator and he made a sales, a business oh, sales book. I know what you're talking about. Uh, it's like never say no or whatever it is. Yeah. Never split the difference. Okay. Yeah. Never, never split, split the, the difference. difference by some dude. And he has this one email subject that he uses to get anybody to reply. This email subject will get anyone to, to reply. And it's, were you no longer interested? Mm -hmm. and it's crazy because I use it I use some variation of that oh, if yeah, someone straight. goes cold I use some hey were you no longer or I kind of keep it positive too I say hey were you still interested in coming yeah. on the podcast or whatever yeah. it is something about were you no longer interested forces somebody to say no they, they, they either have to reject you or they go no I've just been busy whatever it is but test yeah. it out it's crazy yeah. if, I, if they go cold I use that. I get a response. He's been on them damn near every time, like ninety five percent. That's what Brando said to us yesterday to come on. We're no longer interested. No, I said I wanted to go on. Wait a minute. Exactly. Right there. Something. The psychology is cool. Use this with sex. Absolutely. I was about to say like, I've gotten text messages like where a girl is like going on a whole rant and I'm not answering and she's like, is that a no? And I feel like I have to respond to that. Like, okay, this I have to respond to. No, Damn. I'm just busy. Like, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever. Like, we'll 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 hook up like next week or something. Like that. <laughs> it ma it makes me look at emails too, because sometimes I'm like, all right, what bullshit thing did I just sign up for that yeah. I forgot about? What subscription do I have? Yeah, that's like about. And I always look at the interested ones because I think that's something I paid for that shouldn't be. What's mm -hmm. funny too is when people use those techniques on me. Like, obviously, this book is like well known and whatnot. I'm just like, you're using this on me, yeah. but I'm gonna still reply to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I know what you're doing. Yeah, I know what you're doing. I don't, don't want to respond, but I know what you're doing. <laughs> He's just like, I just got to prove it, it works. I, can't, yeah, it I works. can't believe it doesn't work on me. It's yeah. interesting because it's like conspiracy theories. I, I believe in a lot of them, but it's like you can't really do anything. I'm still trapped yeah. in, this, yeah. in the systems, yeah. and it's like that's kind of the frustrating part oh, about no, it. Ignorance is bliss, man. The, the happiest people know the, the least because yeah. once you get in those rabbit holes, whether they're actual conspiracies or not, mm -hmm. it's like depressing because yes. there, there's only so much you can do yep. to, to break up whatever system is happening. So it's like, uh. ugh, this exists. How like I'm not, I'm not gonna take down Chase Bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what am I gonna do here? Yeah. I have two Chase Banks. Yeah. <laughs> My whole business is tied to Chase Bank. You got me. Mm -hmm. 
But so for for you, you know, you've been you guys are both deeply involved in the music industry. I feel like the music industry is one giant like conspiracy theory. They're oh. they're they're one of the most evil conglomerate. I came from the music industry as well, and when I saw the system, I was like, dude, these guys are worse than the dirtiest venture capitalists in the world. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it is to me some form of slavery. Oh, yeah. I don't. That, that's not even a. A debate at this point. Yeah, that's not that. like Prince, Prince wrote it on his forehead. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not even. Uh, we we know that. Like you said, Prince uh, carved slave on his face and his beard because of that. The artists are being slaved, like they're slaves. Like you working for pennies on your art. Yeah, and there's somebody that you don't even know is getting so rich. Their kids are rich forever off of your art, and then you know, twenty years from now, your grandson would have to get a regular job. Mm. You know, so it's it's. That's the epitome of slavery, you know what I mean. So I, I we have to change a lot uh, with the music industry, the industry of music. But um, again, it's, it's it's a tough fight unless everybody is on one page, and there's nothing harder than getting everybody to agree and get on one page because you're always gonna be able to go to that one person like, look, they're doing this, but we're gonna give you two hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. and that person is gonna take it. Like, oh yeah, I'm not, I don't care about that. Like, I'm gonna go take this two hundred million and do my thing. So it's hard to get all of us on one page, but I think start the conversation, and we, we obviously know what's happening. We know that artists, uh, especially with the streaming era, which is why so many artists are selling their catalogs for Liquid, because you don't know how much, I don't know how much my catalog is going to be worth with these streaming platforms in the next 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. So I might as well take this $100 million now. I'm able to have my money. I can license, relicense it if I want to and things like that down the line. But let me take this Liquid, because again, I don't even know what my art is going to be worth, because... The industry is now has so many different ways of putting my music out. It's hard to keep up with it. So, oh, so uh, just on the conspiracy topic a little bit. I remember. I don't know if you guys have talked about this, but you remember there was like that label that all of their rappers are are like dead recently. Mm-hmm. Like I forget what it's Empire. Empire. Em- yeah, Empire. Yeah, yeah. So have you guys spoken about that, or what do you think about that? We've I, spoken about that, yeah. and that's. I think that's bullshit. Like yeah. Empire does really care about their artists I, okay. I i don't think there's any real truth to that at all yeah. I, I think empire gives a lot of artists a shot that majors would be like nah we can't touch that they have too much of a violent background that we can't monetize yet yeah. mm-hmm. so empire will take that shot with some of these younger kids that aren't fully out of their neighborhoods yet so mm-hmm. it, it tends to happen it looks with their it artists looks like empire is doing something like they're literally no, just Gazi and them love love their artists other labels aren't taking the chance or willing to invest in because they're like this you know it's a lot of problems that come with this artist again he's still in the streets he's still you know but empire is just giving people the opportunity and then unfortunately a lot of these artists have lost their lives to the streets but it's not like empires out here sending plot hit squad out yeah, it's, yeah. no it's, it's it's stupid the the thing you said is like it takes everybody coming together to make the change. To me, it's it's everybody at the top, right? If Drake suddenly was speaking out against labels and like figuring mm-hmm. out a way to use his wealth to put on other people, mm-hmm. I think he could make a dent. But mm-hmm. I agree. I think it takes either someone to make change in in this country. It requires tons of money. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't care how passionate you are about something. You're right. just not going to be able to create a movement in this right. day and age. Right. And that's. Money and power is basically it. Mm-hmm. Well, the majors now will cave to the people that could change the system. So, like, Drake does not have the same deal that an artist yeah. signing to Universal has because they know if we lose Drake, the system it won't, wouldn't crumble, but yeah. it would drastically change things. Mm-hmm. So they're going to keep Drake happy mm-hmm. forever. Like, mm-hmm. he'll have an open credit line to Lucian <laughs> for the rest of his life because 
they can't lose that. Mm -hmm. They couldn't lose Taylor Swift. Like, they're going to keep them happy. They're not going to get the same bullshit deals that everyone else gets because they'd fuck the system up. It also goes the other way, too, for me, too, where it's like sometimes, like, the... The, the younger artists are just bad, right? It's like, I also understand it. I, I, or, or there's no consistency so, with them. I, I go both ways. I, I tend to have that debate because I don't want to sound like the old get off my grass guy. Yeah. I do think there's young kids making great music, but... And sometimes they need to get off your grass. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> like sometimes I don't think I sound like the old hater. I'm like, no, dude, this is just not good. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Some of this young music sucks. Yeah. And and the, again, I uh, I will pay respects to certain labels where they are taking a bet on you, right? Yeah. It's like for you to be consistent over three, four, five years to where you need to be and grow a real business, like most artists can't even make it to then, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I go both ways. I see I, that was just devil's advocate. Yeah. What are some young artists that you guys are listening to and liking a lot right now? Uh, I mean, he's still pretty young, but he's not a new artist. Kodak Black. Uh, um, who else is some young artists? Young, young, young. I, I, have, I, I hate to, these questions because, like, yeah. I have to do that all the time too. I'm like, who do yeah. I like? <laughs> because there's so much music out there, and it's we have so access much. to so much different music. You forget sometimes. When somebody asked me other day, "Who are you listening to?" and I was like, "Ah, I didn't know what to say." I was yeah. like, "Let me look." Um, emotional oranges always. It's just <laughs> emotional oranges is, is some great music, and they're young. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Young, young. There's not. I mean. There's not. I don't listen to too many young mm-hmm. artists or like new. Like you know, what I mean, like maybe or maybe just people don't know about them yet. Um, let me look at albums and clean this up. Brandon. I've been listening to a lot of. Uh, <laughs> Put an edit point. Yeah, <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Jack Marzilla. Jack Marzilla, that's a cool name. I don't know that who he is. A cool name. Yeah, Jack Marzilla. That's my guy. He's from. Uh, he's from New York, uh, but he's he he's been out here for a few years. He's been on the West Coast a lot. I haven't talked to him in a while. I got I don't know where he's at now, but I I was listening to his uh he put out a project like 2 years ago and I've been listening to it a lot recently and I was like, "Damn, like I really didn't give this uh this uh project as as, as enough listen uh over you. Over you the project Jack Marzilla. What does I, he sound like? What's his like? What's his vibe? Uh I don't want to compare him to I hate comparing artists to each other, but if I could, it would be along the lines of like a Maybe like a Don Tolliver. Oh wow! Type of vibe. I like Don Tolliver. Um, but he has his own style for sure. He has his own unique style. Um, check him out, Jack Marzilla. His uh, Overview project is really came out in 2020, but it was just so much going on at that time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But um, check his. Yeah, you'll like it. Definitely will. This uh, gentleman Reggie is really dope. He doesn't have a lot of music out, but this, the three or four records he's has out, I think, are incredible. He just did the he did the colors uh, series as well. Oh wow! Like he's he's really dope. He's probably my favorite new artist, or like the one I'm most excited about. What about what about you? Who you listen to? Uh, I guess he's new. Brent Brent Fayaz. Okay. Brent's right. been in the game. Yeah, yeah. Been in the game. He's yeah, not he's new. But yeah, okay. yeah. He's like I like his I like his sound the best out of like all the new so type. You of like music. the ladies, man. Huh? <laughs> uh, he says, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I like that kind of music. I like yeah, yeah, that kind of music. Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. First of and all, that, that picture is hilarious. I, I wanted to ask about I it. I wanted to say that. Like, that we got to frame the other one. It's so, it's that so is much the funny. sickest fucking picture. Thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> hey, this man is a dog, by the way. You, uh, you ask yeah, him if he he's a ladies' to, man. He tries to say this to everybody. Yeah, he be like, sprinting through the New York streets. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm from your area too, by the way. I lived in Fort Lee, Jersey. Okay, okay yeah, nice. Fort Lee. Right. yeah. Home of the home of the uh, rubbing tug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not fucking wrong. <laughs> oh really? First time oh, I ever God. did that shit was right yeah. in my hometown. <laughs> right on Lemoyne. I know. I know where you at on Lemoyne. Nah, right I went there. to I went on River Road. I was in Edgewater. Oh God, you on River Road? Okay, it was a little shady. I didn't go back. <laughs> High she class had, ones is over there. She now. had calluses on her hands. Yeah. No, no, she was fine. The woman was fine. It was just the the, the spot was a little shady. It was a little shady in there. I can, mm. Yeah. And there were Koreans also. They're like just weird. It was like my auntie's yeah, like you talking might, to me right now, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't like this. You shit. might see them at church on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't want to run into you ever in the streets. The shadier spots give the better tug, in my opinion. That's the what? The, the shady ones give the yeah, better tug. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the ambiance of the tug. I don't have the anywhere to compare it just makes to. you feel. Yeah. It was like, it was one of those things I was like, I got to do it once. You know, and then I went. Got experience. Yeah. Got experience she definitely, she definitely fucking, she played me too because my boy was like, he, he <laughs> recommended the spot. <laughs> and I was like, I'll go. And then he tells me, he's like, oh yeah, it's this much. I go like every week. I'm like, that's weird that you go every week. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're only like 25. Problem, like, why are you going every yeah, week? Yeah. But then, uh, but then, so I go, and he told me, he told me the price. I forget what it was. Maybe, let's just say a hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Mm. She For- charged me like forty dollars more. And I was like. Are you sure? Because you're not a regular. <laughs> and I was like, I got inside information. I don't yeah. know if you're. You thought you was correct. getting the homie rate? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, got, he, had, he, had a, he had a discount yeah. code. Loki, now that I think yeah. about it, he was going so often that he was probably getting a little. Uh, oh, absolutely. They know, loyalty rewards yeah, they, they, they know him, man. They know yeah. him. He got his points. He was taking her out to dinner. That's what. <laughs> that was his girl. That's why he didn't get, have to charge. What do, you, what do you guys think is fair oh. for a tug? I was thinking 30 bucks. 30 bucks. I don't think you want a $30. I don't either. want that. No. I would Wait, say is that including the massage? No, 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 no. Just the tug. $30 just the tug. massage and a tug is crazy. Yeah. crazy. <laughs> I would have just the massage from, the Yeah, like, no. That's skid row prices. <laughs> Probably $80, I guess. 80, $80 for just the tug? No, that's for the massage. Yeah, the okay. Yeah, $80. Yeah, tip 20? Yeah. yeah. Cool yeah. hundred is, I think. Yeah, is I'll, I'll agree with them. I'll agree with them. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever maybe, they say. Maybe yeah. if they all get together and uni- uh, unionize, we could figure <laughs> out a, real, like, a, a rate that you have to pay, like health insurance. Honestly, I, I think prostitution should be legal. I agree. Yeah. I think it should have, it should be legal with rules as far as like you have to show your STD test yeah. per week. Like, I think. It, oh, so Vegas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or Ed, or Edgewater. Yeah, or Lemoyne. Right? Hey, in 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 Amsterdam, do you have to show an STD test? How do they regulate that? I, I don't know. Have you guys been to Amsterdam? No, I've been to Amsterdam to the red light district, but I didn't. I didn't like have sex. Yeah, just walked through and just was. My my boy's done it, and I highly doubt that. Oh wait, yeah, we got what we got. Got right there. Yeah. Oh no, he's Brad the nastiest Gatt- dude in the world. <laughs> okay, get on the mic. Sir. He'll have sex where he's not supposed to have sex. At. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Yeah, tell us about the Amsterdam red light district. Uh, it's a nasty man right here. Really. <laughs> <laughs> the nastiest. First of all, a buck forty to smash your aunt is crazy. <laughs> hey, I was young. You went from an expensive hand job to the really cheap sex. <laughs> what what if she didn't charge you and she said, Okay, but this is part of your Christmas present? <laughs> this counts this Wait, counts as birthday and Christmas. I don't like this. We are pushing a narrative that yeah, is this was your this was your Christmas gift. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I had a I had a layover flight. the The flight out of London um, was late, so I had they put us up at a hotel in Amsterdam. And it was just me. It was a solo trip. I was coming back from a friend's wedding, and I was like, "I've never been." Amsterdam. So love was in the air. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I had a, a, a night alone in Amsterdam. I was like, let's just go crazy. We went immediately to the red light district. As one does, <laughs> right before sunset, the lights were already red. Now nah, it's uh, romantic. And I, I, I don't even know how many euros I took out. I don't even think I counted. I was just handing them out. <laughs> big spender. That's a handing big spender them out, right You were there. going into different rooms? And yeah, you're oh, so crazy. oh, bro, you think, you think I went to the same woman? I'm not, I'm not he, faithful. He got his mic's worth. <laughs> he got his yeah. mic's worth. And it tastes, yeah, it tastes the local... <laughs> Taste the local this is all community. This is in you what, like pussy a in the red light district? No, I did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did. But I found the finesse game. Like you said, like the He's first woman. The, right the first woman was like, uh, she said it's X amount for head and another additional to fuck. And I was like, all right. So I was like, let me chop around the block. So I was like walking around, seeing the raids. And then I came back and I was like, yo, you're, all your other girls... Like all hundred plus gave me this rate. He collected data. No, I, I did. They all had voice notes. It was great. Uh, you no, got the negotiation <laughs> book for sure. But I think I hit. I hit. Uh, I think I cleaned up three women that in the span of probably four or Stall five hours. Stallion over here. Wow. Yeah. Hey, you got a cra you got a crazy libido. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, did you you bust yeah, 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 yeah. crazy libido? Don't, don't talk about my libido, sick. bro. <laughs> Yo, your libido levels are insane. You hey. knocked down three in one night. <laughs> gotta cut this part too. These guys are flaming us, man. The Lebanon libido. <laughs> Double L over there. The libido from Lebanon. <laughs> Hey, you busted all three times? Of course, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it, just ju it just went back ne question, to the next door. His line of questioning is crazy. <laughs> Wait, so you bust three nuts? Wow, man. <laughs> I'd be exhausted, man. <laughs> I need a nap and oh, a snack. <laughs> we asked this question on our podcast last uh, earlier this week. How many, how's, what's, how many, the most times a day you jerked off? Oh. <sighs> <laughs> It was yesterday, actually. <laughs> no, like how many in one in one twenty-four hour span? How many times? Oh, man, five. I've definitely done like at least seven. I think our camera guy said he jerked off fourteen times one day. Oh my god! <laughs> when he was thirteen, every time is a bust, dude. That's we crazy. did you guys a favor by telling him not to come today. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "You guys want me to come before we shoot?" I'm like, "Nah, nah, nah we don't want to. Nah, we don't want to bring you out yeah, in public. Stay home and wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe you could beat your record while while you wait." <laughs> Don't go near my lotion. Try either. to beat your high score. <laughs> yeah, I, what's, you skipped skip, skip the question of how? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm in like the five range. Five. Yeah. Five. I thought it was six. Six. That was five, six. Counted five, fourteen. Five, six. Average. Yeah. Fourteen. Fourteen is crazy. Fourteen is insane. Bro, you go outside, bro. Like that's, go outside and do something. Yo, go that's out. every hour. He was just uh, like, yeah, like that's insane. That's, that's all day long. That's like, that's like you're trying really hard to hit fourteen. Like yeah. you gotta really focus. You're trying really hard to to pass out. Yeah. Like, just die. Like what are you doing? 14? If he got eight hours of sleep, then he might not huh? double up. March Madness. March Madness. First of all, no. No, what is that? Like. Like he was just watching hey, the bracket. By, by the way, by the way, he's a freak too, if March, you guys didn't know. You don't have to tell us about oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> March Madness is um, every day of the month. So the first you go one time, the second you go two times, yes. the third. So I assume he got to day 14 and then he quit on the 15th. What about That's you, sir? That's a real thing? How far have you gotten in March Madness? That. That's crazy. Uh, four is my max in a day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because well, Brandon like Brand will be fucking. That's yeah. why. He doesn't need to jerk off. <laughs> Shit. 14 times is crazy. I've never how, heard of How Mark do you Rand count though. to 14 on that? That's the yeah. sicker part. How do you yeah, know yeah. that yeah. number? He was jerking off that on much. The floor. Like, like, how, how, many, how many socks we got? What's that? 10, 11. This guy's crunchy. That's 12. <laughs> 
this guy's crunchy. That's twelve. What type of tissue is this? <laughs> oh, yeah, I got I got a question on that on the jerking off topic. Yeah. You guys, uh, do you guys know about semen retention? Yes. Do do you believe in semen retention? Yes. Yes. Okay. Wait. Explain semen. Although retention. this UFC fight, I forgot his name. What's the uh, the guy that just won the title? The, the, the Afri- uh, is it Patty? No. Oh. The young kid? The, the no. You said title. I forgot his name. But, Usman. Uh, he, he he beat Usman, right? Anthony. I forgot his name, but he just said that the the um because he used to believe that when he was training the fight he couldn't uh, ejaculate uh-huh. because it would like take the strength out of his legs, and he said he found out that that was because he, he one day he had to uh, he was he was overweight. He didn't make weight. Oh wait, Adesanya. So, Adesanya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said, so he, so he nutted and made weight. Oh, yeah. He said he, he went and had sex. He be nutted that much. He busted nut and he was like, yeah, he had to he drop made like weight maybe like, like, like that was like, how many two pounds, pounds over was he? Like like, <laughs> it was like three pounds. Yeah, something like that. And what the fuck? Yeah, he, he shot said, three pounds. He shot like a court. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said he he said it didn't affect his uh, his fight at all. He still had strength and power in his legs. So that's when he knew like that theory was bullshit. But I do believe in semen retention. I think over the long game, I feel like that's like busting one. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right, like right before yeah, you can't different. go crazy before Yeah, I feel a like fight. if you're having sex regularly, because think of you just like as a person that ha- if you're having sex consistently, I feel like you're like satiated a little bit. Yeah. Whereas opposed to if you deprive yourself of that for a long period of time, you go into this like feral, like, you know, animalistic, <laughs> like, which will probably help you in a fight. Like, yeah. 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 That's just my theory. But I agree. I, I believe in semen retention. Oh, and to yeah, explain absolutely. it to you, it's the act of not. not jerking Thank you, off. sir. Now that we're done with the topic, he came here today to figure out what semen retention was. <laughs> explain it to me. I'm going to look this way. I'm not <laughs> making eye contact with you <laughs> when you explain this to me. Eyes. You got to look him in his eyes so you really understand what he's telling you. Nah, see, now he made it weird. I would have been able to look him in the eyes, but now I'm going to look at you. So, anyways. It's basically like uh, the, the <laughs> you guys are both you both looking at this so basically it does right. You don't deflate your nuts for like a so, month. So, anyways, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it was like it's like a Taoist belief that um, your semen is your life force. It is, and that when you squander it through an act like masturbation, because sex is okay in in this, but when you masturbate all the time and you're just squandering your life seed because that's what it is right yeah. like it's it's your life it creates seed. squandering it creates your life yeah. seed. can we, yeah. can we name it into a napkin, that? You know? yeah. and uh and it's also like it's it's also for dopamine you know masturbate yeah. porn and masturbation also is bad for your, your dopamine receptors yeah so. all right so we should be nutting a lot or not no nah, not, not okay yeah. that's, nah. the, that's the theory and then you know there's and a, too much porn yeah. desensitizes you you don't even have like a real intimate moment with a woman yep. or a man if you know depending on what you <laughs> what you're into but Oh, no, we're, yeah. team, we're team women over here. I just want to clarify. Yeah, wow. just making sure. Just making I'm sure. Shaking, cool. shaking with outrage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have your you don't have your pink wig on today, but sometimes <laughs> people get confused. <laughs> he, he wears a pink wig, uh, just part of the branding thing. Yeah. And then, but then they don't know why he's wearing a pink wig. It's true. So they just like they just flame him all the time. He wants to say, a horny man wants to say something. What? No, I don't. Oh, you had the mic. I thought you had the mic to your. Uh, no. Oh, I thought that. <laughs> no, I, I thought the semen nothing. retention question. I'm all, I'm not jacking. I'm not jacking that fucking no. <laughs> no, no, you're jacking. <laughs> no, 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 no. The semen retention thing. I'm not. I don't buy. Okay. Oh, uh, you don't buy. You don't buy no. any of it. You don't. I mean, no. you don't feel tired after you nut, like. Yeah, because you fucked. Yeah, that's not. I don't yeah, feel tired after I jerk off. What about what about like post nut clarity? Like when you're. Yes, like, but that has nothing to do with retention. But you don't feel like maybe it's your body telling you keep your seat. No, it's her. Keep you. Oh. Yeah, I just want I just want her to leave. Yeah, yeah evil succubus. Your Uber's here. <laughs> uh, Uber attention. 
What do you guys think that TikTok is beneficial or ruining music? Is TikTok beneficial or ruining music? I think that TikTok is ruining uh I think brains because it's, it's, it teaches you to follow. Mm-hmm. It yep. teaches yep. you to repeat what you saw and um you know, I don't think it's it's taken away from originality. Um but it's helpful in a lot of ways because I see uh a lot of times old songs go viral on TikTok and people go back to those songs and stream those songs. So I mean, it has its benefits, but I think, you know, overall I don't think that it's uh something that I think small doses. Mm. I don't think you need to be sitting on any social media app all day every day and, you know, trying to mimic what you're seeing and let me shoot my version of this like it's just like everybody is kind of like on a conveyor belt just going down the line doing the same shit. So in doses. I think everything in doses. Social media in doses. Yeah. Not yeah, too much of it. That's a loaded question because I think there can be some benefit. But overall for actual music, like the artistry of music, I think it's absolutely killed it. Because I've even been in studio sessions where the entire goal of the writing session is to write the TikTok part. Wow. And it's like, all right, wow. so, so we're not making songs anymore. We're, yeah, we're literally finding an accurate 15 seconds to put a spell on someone so they're going to love this song and want to make a dance to it. Create their own dance. And like, it's, again, it, 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 it jeopardizes the integrity of the art, how you create it. Um, and then you, you you start telling artists, yeah, the song's not doing good because the TikTok is not... It's, mm-hmm. it's like, wait, so my song isn't good because they're not doing it on TikTok? They're yeah. not making videos of it on TikTok? It's just, it's you know, when it starts leaking into that, that's when it's a problem. Because now we have this device that we're saying, oh, this is the... The indicator that this is hot or this is really good and people enjoy this. Like we have to look at it here, and if it's not here, then that means it's not good. Like I don't, I don't believe in that. Do you think mm. that's how Drake has had his success because he figured out a way to make songs that have just pure hooks, like through the whole way through? Oh, absolutely, a big part of his success. Well, yeah, pure uh, hooks all the way through, uh, quotables all the way through. Um, you know, captions that people can use for their social media posts and things like that. But also, Drake. Uh, He's just mastered just melodies and, uh, you know, getting people to catch, you know, you catch the melody first and then you catch the lyrics. Mm. So I think Drake is, um, he's just been able to just, you know, create these melodies that just are easy on the ear and people get it the first time they hear it and they want to keep listening to it. And um, that's that to me, that's his his genius. It's just yeah. his melodies with rap, with the lyrics and the quotables and things like that. But mostly Drake is just a melodic, you know, king. Yeah, I, I agree with you too. Master, like, master tone too. Yeah, TikTok has ruined uh, just my attention span for music too. Like, oh so I'll find a song, I'll find a snippet of a song I like, and then I'll go listen to it. And if the rest of the song isn't amazing, I'm just like, I find myself like zoning out. Yeah, and so people are making even shorter and shorter songs, whatnot. So I think it's definitely ruined it. And also, I was listening to your guys' conversation about Steve Lacey, mm-hmm. and it you know it goes both ways. You're like, look, if people discover you, they're paying tickets to your show. Like, be happy. Great. Like, that's yeah. yeah, great. Like, what are you complaining they about? In the building. Yeah, but then I also can understand where if you spent all that time building your artist career yeah. and then people are coming in like you don't really see them moving around to the other songs or they're only singing the hook and then they go silent like I can understand why that it's, it's, it's it can be frustrating sure but you know once they're in the room and they paid to be here my, you know that's hey okay cool y'all like this record cool I have another record that y'all might like too Here's, mm. I'm gonna perform this for you now mm. take advantage of just having them in the room but I do understand how artists get frustrated because it's like you only know me for this 
20 seconds of this one song and I have 200 songs that I've written. Mm. So I understand the frustration and that's why I say TikTok in a way it's you know it's, it's cool because it reintroduces uh older songs to the new generation and they have fun with it and they 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 learn about these older artists that they listen to or sometimes they don't they just like that song and that part of the song they don't even go to listen to who the artist is but it's bad because again it only allows you to focus on just that part of the art and yeah. to me that's where it's like doses tiktok instagram cool it brings people together it's a community people share different songs different art and things like that but in doses Mm. And it's probably a more of an overall conversation, but I feel like it also is feeding music back to tech companies. Like Spotify is a tech company. They're not a music company. And mm-hmm. obviously labels were invested in Spotify, but we're just giving all the music to every tech company now. And TikTok is now just the visual experience of that. Yeah. So you're you're really taking your artistry and giving the value to the tech company, not to mm. the musician. And that we see that with everything, when it's audio or visual now. So I think TikTok has fucked that up. That's a super a interesting take. Yeah, that is a good take. I want to I hit these uh, New York questions. Oh, yeah. Um, Deadass. So- <laughs> <laughs> we don't have one Tim's right now. <laughs> Just only respond in, in New York cadence, please. <laughs> okay. But uh, anyway, th- this, this was a funny-ass question that was going around. <laughs> Would you rather take uh, $500,000 or dinner with Jay-Z? $500,000. <laughs> I've had dinner with Jay-Z. It wasn't that interesting. <laughs> if, it wasn't that. He said three words. Like, it wasn't that interesting. If you take the dinner, he's going to say at the dinner, my yeah. advice is you should have taken the $500,000. Why, why didn't you take the $500,000? Yeah. He's like, you are one dumb motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, now enjoy this dinner. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and you're paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't like being around dumb people, honestly. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing I can do to help you. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> we actually have that uh, on our Patreon. The last final tier is $50,000 in lunch with Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah. No one has bid on it yet. Nobody's, nobody's <laughs> bidding on that yet at all. Um, all right. So of, the, of all the New York dances, right, what do you think is more influential, the Millie Rock or the Shmoney dance? The Millie Rock. Millie Rock. What about you? Was uh, it Millie de- Rock and Fortnite? Yeah, de- it, it was definitely Millie Rock. But to not answer your question, I think Chicken Noodle Soup influenced all these TikTok dances. Really? All true. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Explain it's that. just the movement of it, the part of the song that they did it in. Like, it's a e- easy for everyone to do. Yeah. It's fun. It goes along with a, a hook that's fun to say while you're dancing. Like, they, to me, I think. That's a good point. I've never, ever thought of that shit. That's a good one. Oh, man. People don't whip anymore, huh? Either. (laughs) No. All right. What is one part of New York culture that you think doesn't exist anymore? One part of New York culture that doesn't exist anymore? (sighs) Graffiti. Graffiti. I was going to say reasonable rent. (laughs) (laughs) Reasonable rent for sure. But um, graffiti, like there's not... Uh, ever since they tore down the Five Points uh, years ago, which I think it was a crime because that was literally art, a museum. It should have been a museum. It should have been something that people from all over the world are able to come to New York and see. But, um, you know, people, they, they, the kids now, they tag up. They might spray, but it's not It's not really a lot of art pieces anymore. Yeah, It's like, you know, when you look at a lot of movies in the 80s and the 90s in New York City, it was like an art. It was a thing. And... That doesn't exist anymore. Not in New York City. Like it just the the art of graffiti is not as big as it once was, um, you know. And I think that's because they it was it was pushed out. As soon as you put a dope piece up, 
they were sending people in the next day to kind of paint it over and, and erase it. So mm-hmm. that's one part of New York culture that I like to see when I go to other cities and I see it in other cities, like real dope graffiti pieces. Mm. London London was fire. <laughs> London has they some, had really some dope. great graffiti. And, I, and that directly is a descendant of New York City culture. Mm. Yeah, I would say parking spots because city bikes just take up all the, oh the green parking yeah, now. Parking. And the fucking the, uh, the COVID, uh, the restaurant, the outdoor restaurant things. The they got to get rid of that shit. Yeah. That shit yeah. is the worst. That's the worst. I don't, why are those still around? I don't know. Okay. It, what it was was they basically felt bad for shafting restaurants for so long that they were like, you can keep those extra seats for like a little bit longer. No, it's mm-hmm. time for those to go. But I agree, it's like mm-hmm. been a little too long. Those now. are just <laughs> those are just like bunk beds for rats. Yeah, and like. and it is disgusting out there. And like a lot of them like get broken into at night, and like people just sleep in them. Yeah, like it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's time it's to get rid of that. Great shit. Those, break, yeah, break those down and, and just burn those. I don't know what the fuck that's about. Yeah, that, at the height of that shit, I thought we were losing our minds because they would have like windows, doors, yeah. heaters, and. I'm I'm like I'm inside. I'm just <laughs> yeah, built yeah. a new inside outside. Yeah, you built the inside outside. That's yeah. what it is. I don't understand what you mean by we got to be outside. <laughs> we're inside now. We like did some crazy in shit. In a shittier COVID, scenario. Man. My favorite part was you'd be sitting next to people. You could take your mask off the moment you wanted to get up and use the bathroom. You Yo, put, back put your mask on. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm farther I'm, away. I'm, <laughs> none of There's it less made people sense. over there. None of it made sense. It's fucking stupid. Oh man, I, uh, who do you think is a better shooter, Kyrie Irving or Tory Lanez? <laughs> I'm not. Wait, We're come not. on, man. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, we can't answer that. The trial is happening right now. Like, oh, as really? we speak. Yeah, no, come on, man. We can't do that. <laughs> that's a, which one of y'all? That's that was you, <laughs> that Brando. Uh, well, it was. We wanted to ask about the topic, but he came up with the way to ask. Okay, it. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. That's just that's fucking sick. Man. That's, <laughs> it's how, it's like I thought you were about to say Curry. So many great jokes to answer that one with, but I'm gonna leave it. Oh my god, we're not getting Fuck, canceled. I wish, we should have. We should have had about. A couple days later, maybe prayers, prayers to everyone involved. Um, yeah, <laughs> he said, Yeah, I forgot about this. Fucking question. Oh, this is not a New York question, it's just funny. So, you guys ever seen the memes that that meme that popped off recently of LeBron lying all the time? Yeah, what, what do you think it is that he has to cap just 24 7? I think LeBron just wants to be liked so much. I uh-huh. think him, him receiving uh. The quote unquote hate he received when he first left Cleveland and went to Miami, I think that still bothers him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think ever since then, he's been always trying to say the right thing, do the right thing. And, and LeBron has done a great job of never being in the headlines for any like crazy things True. throughout his career. So that's a, that's a salute to him and his team for that. But I just think that LeBron is just desperately wants to always say the right thing and, and he wants to be liked by everybody. I mm-hmm. think that's where that comes from. That's a very good take. Yeah. Yeah. Still fucking hilarious. To yeah, me. It's funny. So that's fucking my favorite thing. Yeah. No, I love I love the fact when he was, he was sitting down with Jalen Ramsey and he said, "Yeah, I use you and I play uh, mad and I, you know, I do the quarterback uh, sneak or whatever." No, he said the uh, cornerback cornerback spy or something like that. And Jalen Ramsey was looking at him like, "Yo, you know what they saying about yeah. you online right now? <laughs> like you be lying all the time." Like and LeBron had to laugh at it. He was like, "No, nah, I was just telling my boys the other day." He was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. bring them on right yeah, now." Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like you use me in the game, the quarter cornerback spy. My, okay, my, yeah. my favorite fucking one was uh, I think it was Steph Curry or like there was like this news article about like how she almost had, his mom almost had an abortion when yeah. when he was being born. And then the next slide was LeBron being like, yeah, I told Sonya, you don't abort that baby. He's going to grow up to be the best shooter the world has ever seen. 
<laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. But I like the fact that LeBron, he knows, and he's like yeah. kind of playing into it now. Exactly. Like, That's what I think LeBron line. and Drake are both really good at is when they're getting roasted, they like they know how to play into it. Like Drake, Drake is a Drake master is at, that. at that. Yeah. They well, like being memes. Yeah, because yeah, Drake knows for for forever he's, you know, they found awkward pictures of him. Yeah. Um, his his fashion, his style is kind of like weird to people. They don't like the way he dresses. Mm-hmm. Now he plays into it. Yeah. yeah. Like when he posted the picture of him in the bed with like a silk bonnet on his head <laughs> and was like peeking with one eye. Was he, like he knows what that's going to yeah. do. Like this is a meme right here. Like I The zesty jokes. Like yeah. he knows. Yeah, he, he plays uh, into it. My favorite is like the furry hoodie and he's like covering his face like yeah. that. <laughs> Play into it. You the, have to. The internet is undefeated. If undefeated. you go against them, it's just going to get worse. Yeah, so if you join the joke, it'll it's go like away when quicker. You, when you're joking on your friends and... Somebody like he 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 gets serious and he wants to fight. It's only gonna get worse. It's like, yeah. wait, you getting mad? Like, yeah. you really? Is that's bothering you like that? You can't. You gotta just kind of just laugh with it and just go with it. One hundred percent. So we prepared a little game. It's called Treasure or Trash. Okay. And it's uh most I'm, everyone is here is New York related, New York culture, or they're from New York, or they maybe they're in New York right now. Uh, first one up, six nine, trash. Uh, yeah, I, trash. I've, n- I've never had an opinion on him in a long time. Yeah. That has been a, a positive one, to be quite <laughs> okay. honest. Like, this, that street shit can be that street shit. Uh-huh. I'm talking specifically as a human being, all the bullshit he did after mm-hmm. he snitched, like going to Nipsey's mural, and like he just did a bunch of foul, corny mm-hmm. shit. We don't so, got we don't got to talk about yeah. it. trash. Okay, next the Aki way. Do you know who chopped that cheese? is? The yeah. Chopped cheese. The guy, yeah. He'll put the he'll put chopped cheeses on like raspberry pancakes. Yeah, Michelin like, star yeah. chef. Yeah. The Aki way. The Aki way, yeah. That's uh that's a treasure. Okay. That's a treasure. I'll take his answer. Yeah. Okay. I haven't, I haven't seen enough to know. That's a treasure. You know who we're talking about though, right? I, yeah, I've seen it. But yeah. the way you just described it, chopped cheese with pancakes, and now I feel like I want to say trash, but it's it, the, some okay, so I you gotta like he obviously has skills as a as a bodega chef, yeah. but like what went viral is like he'll put a bacon, egg, and cheese on like a honey bun with like, it's just like the craziest shit. And that's like a calm thing. He'll put like hot Cheetos in cereal, like type of. Oh, uh, it's just oh, the weirdest Sweetie shit would, ever. Yeah. Sweetie would love him. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sweetie's diet right there. Really? That's her cookbook. Yeah, hot Cheetos. Cougine. Uh, I don't know. Cougine. Um, oh, you don't know? Okay, so he's like another TikTok like viral. Sensation. He's just super Staten Island, like Italian guy. Like, oh, okay, yeah, fun. He's just funny. But like you, you, can't have a, you can't have an opinion if you don't yeah. know. Uh, so. I'm, Sorry, I'm gonna Cougine. say I don't know his political views because uh, he's from Staten Island. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not gonna say treasure, but I'm one of the few New Yorkers that stands up for Staten Island. Okay. I like Staten Island, <laughs> so I'm gonna say Staten Island is a treasure still. Uh wait, what? Okay, Staten Island, treasure. Okay, <laughs> I like that. Sure. Wait, what? Uh, There's some pretty girls on Staten Island. Where are really you from, pretty. by the way? What borough? Uptown, Bronx, Up- Harlem. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, Bing the the Bing Bong guy from uh from Side Talk, Treasure. Yeah, Treasure. I fuck with him. Side Talk Absolutely. itself, Treasure. Yeah, for sure. Treasure, Treasure, Treasure. I agree with that. Andrew Scholes. <laughs> treasure Trash <laughs> That's no, what that's we my, wanted That's, that's what we wanted We're cutting out the treasure <laughs> the no, I'll fuck thoughts. with Andrew. Andrew Andrew would prefer if we said uh, yeah, trash. Yeah. Andrew would want us to say trash yeah. But nah Andrew is dope He's funny as fuck Yeah man. he's I'll so fuck funny man He's one Legend. of my favorite comedians Very, very important to the podcast Business structure yeah. as well Not just the content that he puts mm. out And he's, he's sold out like Radio City That's that's a fucking uh, It's crazy That's a treasure in itself Legend You sell out Radio City like that's a treasure. We're going to yeah. sit down with Andrew soon and, and clear up some things so we can all kumbaya. Be, be kumbaya again. Well, you guys got beef. <laughs> well, him and Andrew had beef. 
I it was it wasn't beef, not beef. It was not yeah, real beef. Yeah, yeah. It had words. Like we, it was yeah. just it, it was just a, a back and forth of words that kind of got a little spicy. But I saw Andrew uh, earlier this year in New York City. Like literally bumped into him and his wife uh, in Manhattan, and we we chopped it up and had a conversation. And he was like, "Yo, man, it's you know it's nothing but love." And so I was like, "Of course, man. Like, yeah, we we know that it's all love for sure." <laughs> no, I, I, I fuck with Andrew. Boxing matches coming soon. Yeah, 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 Andrew can God. box. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. He actually box. Yeah, mm-hmm. he can box. Damn. He's athletic. He can ball too. He's yeah. tall as fuck too, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tim's treasure. I mean, treasure, of course. <laughs> what would you say? Is I like think it's the, been trash that they've become like this terrible so New York yeah. joke. Because like, not everyone in New York wears Tim's. Yeah. It's yeah. become a very easy dumb joke. People to in me. the Midwest actually wear more Timberlands. Totally than agree. People in New York City. They're great shoes. Yeah, but they're going they're sturdy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a construction. Yeah, I bet. Uh, what would you say is like the most iconic New York fashion piece? You got like puffer jackets, Timberlands. The Yankee hat. Yankee hat. Yeah, Yankee hat. True. Close second, I think, would be all white uptowns. Air Force One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Tim's is probably right after that. Okay. Yeah. I agree with the Yankee hat. Eight ball jackets. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Lin. Treasure. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, 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 we, we don't celebrate treasure, treasure yeah. man. <laughs> Jeremy hey, Lin. Yeah, didn't say hey, it, wait, a, wait a second. You I take hate, it a little long. I hate when you get like, you know when you get really excited about something just to be let down? Yeah. Mm. I, but it I, wasn't his fault. I believed in Lin Sanity. Like, that was, was a like, great gonna, time, man. It was yeah. such a fun Fire. time. Oh, that was a great moment in sports. Bro, as an Asian man, too, that shit was like, we you, was, know, you don't was, see that often. Yeah, you know? that, story was, you never so, seen that, that story was so dope. Like, yeah. from sleeping on your friend's couch to, like, yeah. the entire garden coming to see you. Yep. Nah, Lynn that was Kobe. It. That was yep. crazy, With bro. a game winner? That's crazy. That whole, that run he had was like... Yeah. I remember that. Like, we were watching every Nick. Like, what are you going to do tonight? Yeah. yeah. And then he have another big game. we like, yo, this is insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. we cannot believe this is happening. And then, you know, the Knicks let him go, and it was kind of over after that. Yeah. Eight straight. Still crazy. That's a fact. Right, so the next one is James Dolan. Trash. The a- absolute trash. Fucking trash. I, I went to, I went Probably to, the went worst. to my college. I went to New Paltz, SUNY New Paltz. Okay. And he's like our, he was like our only famous graduate. And he's like the most hated man in New York. He's, he's, yeah. so he's trash. Like man. I would put it like 9-11, then Dolan. <laughs> wow. Like that, that would be my list, I, I would that's, say. That's what New I was saying. Yorkers hate him that much. quite literally the most hated person in New only York. Only because, you know, it's, it's, it's you can't treat you know the guys that built the Nick organization to what it is today. You can't treat them the way you treat them. Yeah, like with Oakley and you uh, know yep. things like that. It's, it's you you can't do that. And I believe that's why the Knicks haven't been able to land a super big free agent because the word around the league is they just the Dolan is not an yeah. owner you want to play for. Yeah, you know, Fuck. and he won't change anything because no matter what, the Garden is sold out every night. The no, Knicks could crazy. be tanking because it's in the middle. Of, yeah, tours know, still go. So right there in the middle of Manhattan, people could just be walking to go get something to eat and see the Knicks are playing. Like, oh, let's go catch yeah. the game. So he has that luxury. The real estate of being of the Garden being where it's at is the only reason why most of the Knicks games are sold yeah. out. It's yeah. like when the Bucks start losing. Yeah, yeah, they have yeah. to change the franchise so yeah. they can sell tickets. Dolan can just sell tickets all the time. Wow. But nice. he's trash. He's trash. Absolute trash. Total, totally agree with that. Kevin Durant. Treasure. Treasure. Absolutely. You guys are both Knicks fans, right? Uh, he's, a, he's a Laker fan. fan. You're a Laker fan. I'm a, I'm a Knicks fan, yeah. unfortunately. What the? Growing up, too. Growing yeah, up, too. Yeah, yeah, I was a big uh, Magic Johnson. Uh-huh. <clears throat> it was, it was John, Magic Johnson and obviously Jordan for me growing up. But I just liked... Magic Johnson style of play. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like it was just fun, like to just have everybody involved and maximizing everybody's potential on the court. Jordan was just athletically above and beyond everybody. Mm-hmm. 
But Magic Johnson, to me, it was a lot of style. Being from New York City, that's what basketball, you got to have some style out there, mm. uh, get the crowd to kind of, you know, stand up. And you know, it was just that type of play. So that's how I became a Laker fan, just watching Magic Johnson. And then, of course, we were blessed to have Kobe and Shaq after that. So mm-hmm. we struggled for some years in between that. But we seem to be kind of getting back to Laker dominance. Mm-hmm. Who would you say uh, is most like Magic Johnson right now? In the NBA? Yeah, currently playing. Most like Magic? I don't think there's any player like Magic. I mean, I mean the one, the, the most exciting NBA player to me is Steph Curry. Steph. Yeah. yeah. I'd say most exciting. I, I agree no one's like Magic, but I'd say most exciting is, is Steph or Melo. Lamelo, yeah, Lamelo Ball, oh, Lamelo Ball. Ball. I, like, I thought you were talking about Carmelo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Lamelo Ball, Ball is yeah, entertaining as hell. If he can stay healthy, yeah, you know, what I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like that's going to be his knock is that he's not going to always play eighty-two games. Mm. But uh, I do like Lamelo Ball. I like his game a lot. I mean, what is he? 19? He's not even twenty yet. Yeah, no, he, he's, oh, he's twenty. 20. I think he's yeah, twenty. He's 20. Yeah. He might still. be twenty-one. <laughs> he's, he's, he's still Mad young. young still. Yeah, and, and and like Steph Curry was getting injured like. The first four or five years before he really started to like figure himself Mark out. Mark so. Jackson prayed over his ankles. Yeah, <laughs> he, had his priest, he had his priest come in and pray over his ankles, and he hasn't missed a game since. <laughs> Should have done that for Rose. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, pop Smoke, Treasure, Treasure, man, treasure. rest in peace, yeah. Treasure, R.I.P. Treasure to Pop Smoke. Yeah, An- for another sure. one. Very unfortunate because he did not reach his peak of yeah. the artist that he was yeah, totally. and the influence that he already had at twenty years old with the sounds. So. Absolutely. Yeah, but the treasure for sure. Can't believe he was so young too because his voice sounds like he a grown yeah. fucking man who's yeah. been through like war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Julius Randle. Treasure. Treasure, okay. Uh, as a friend, I thought we were going to say trash. No, that's a treasure, <laughs> man. I mean, you know, what he was able to do for the Knicks, bring him back to the playoffs, uh-huh. uh, get his first all-star uh, nod, and then after coming from where he came from, you know, breaking his leg in his first game of his NBA career, uh, coming up under Kobe, and um, coming to a city that you know he didn't really know what to expect, and they put the organization on his shoulders. And I, you know, it was unfortunate that it was during COVID, but he had a great year that year. Mm-hmm. Um, got his All Star, you know, his selection, and um, and even now he's still he's 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 balling right now. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that they have Jalen Brunson. They got him a real point guard in Jalen Brunson, so now he's able to come off the ball a little bit because last year they just had Julius Ola bringing the ball up, trying mm-hmm. to facility. I think he led the team in assists. It was just – I was like, Yo, come, you're not supposed to be leading the team in assists, yeah. bro. But I think he's a treasure. I think Julius is – um, I think he's a lot better than people think he is. Um, I think that we are just starting to see that, a little bit of that. He can shoot it a lot better than people think. Um, I would like to see him post up a lot more mm-hmm. and get to the basket. But, you know, he, he that, that three-point shot is falling, shoot it. Oh, treasure, of course. And I want to note, since he did our live show in New York, he's been balling out, hooping, like <laughs> going crazy. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Which, crazy. like I say, it's a coincidence, but you yeah. know. <laughs> I had him on my fantasy through. team like three or four years ago. And then after that, that's when I knew I was like, bro, Julius Randle's a beast. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. think people know that. And yeah. then, uh, cause he would put up numbers every night. Damn. But, um, but yeah, the Cuomo brothers. <laughs> Nasty of the nastiest, <laughs> the nasties, the nasty brothers, the nasty Cuomo's, yes. the uh, the, li- the liberal Trump family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw, I saw when uh, what's the Chris is the brother, the younger brother Chris? He's the the, the news guy, I think. Yeah, yeah when yeah. he walked out of the basement saying he had COVID uh, during the pandemic, he hadn't seen his family in a week, and he was announced he's in the basement, and they showed him walking up out of the basement for the first time, <laughs> hug, hugging his family at the table. 
I was like, come on with this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There happened to be a camera there. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like, yo, come on with this bullshit, man. So I got I to gotta trash the Cornwall brothers. They're trash. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say trash. Okay. Just uh, just that whole last name in the history of New York. Yeah, yeah like, totally agree. Trash yeah. the Cornwall I don't think brothers. anyone in New York would ever say anything positive about at least uh, fucking, what's his name, Andrew, his first name? Yeah. 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 And it's still the Tappan Zee Bridge. Cuomo's. <laughs> no one, no one calls, calls it the Cuomo, the Cuomo Bridge. bridge they renamed that shit? Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's the Cuomo what? Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have never, I didn't even know they renamed it. Yeah, like, that's the, how fucking yeah. Triboro, that was. Triboro Bridge is the RFK Bridge? Yeah, it's the RFK Bridge now. I, I knew RFK. about that. I knew yeah. about the RFK, but mm-hmm. uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Schmurda. Treasure. Treasure. Absolute treasure. treasure. His yep. hat, that Knicks hat still hasn't landed. <laughs> it still hasn't still landed. It'll land still when still the Knicks land. Yeah, when the Knicks win the championship, that's when we're going to see that hat. It's going to land on the guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on the trophy. Uh, wait, I didn't know. Who wrote DJ Khaled? DJ Khaled, is he from New York? No. no I don't know. I think, uh, it was just, I think it was just a uh, opinion. So well, DJ well, Khaled? Treasure, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Khaled is a, is a great human being outside of being a great businessman, great you know, executive producer. So, well, I think that is the interview. That wraps the interview. This guy's like got it. something important to be at, I think. Hey, that's that Hall. legendary. That felt legendary. Was hey, that wait, legendary? Wait, wait. That so, was legendary. Yeah, look at this camera over here. Promote your shit. And then also, yeah, well, that's the first part. He's the closer. Uh, tune in to New Rory and Mall each and every Tuesday and Friday on your DSPs and every Wednesday and Saturdays on YouTube. Catch hey. us doing crazy shit. Wait, you guys shoot four? No, uh, only a one day. Different. Okay. Got it. Yeah, Got that's it. what I was upload at different times. Yeah. And okay. we're on Patreon as well. Patreon, Patreon subscribe. More. Uh, download each episode. Don't just listen. Download it. It it's help. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> and then also the last piece is give our audience one piece of advice each of you. One piece of advice. Yes. Uh, one piece of advice. Uh, nobody cares. Go to work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't fuck the masseuse at yeah. the rub and tuck place. <laughs> I was kidding, by the way. I didn't really do that. No, no, we got yeah. it. <laughs> I was just for the content, guys. Whatever, we cut it. Whatever, we cut it. That's not there. That part yeah, is not yeah, in there. Yeah, that's not funny. important. <laughs> hey, what's up? I'm Rory. I'm Maul. And we are not under the influence. Well, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. A little tiny Wow, you really got all the way to the end. I really like that you did that. But since you're here, might as well like and subscribe and leave a comment on who's got the nicer hair. We're also giving away $50 every week to the funniest review of our podcast. All you gotta do is leave a review that'll make us giggle, screenshot it, and then text the number on the screen and you're automatically entered for a chance to win. Also, that's a real number. So you can just text us when you're lonely, you need a date to prom, or if you're looking for hot single moms in your area, Text us. I'm Utak. I'm Jeremy. And, and we're, we're under the influence. Ahaha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.